0: How would you like to do church like Jesus did? Over the past few years, we've learned that church can happen in a very meaningful way outside of a church building. In fact, we're getting raving reviews from our house churches, which are now over a hundred. Though I thank God for church in buildings and on campuses, God is leading more and more people these days to gather for church in their homes. Not only is it easier for many people to attend a house church, But a house church can provide a level of community that campuses can't. So, every Thursday in December and January, I plan to host a house church interest meeting on Zoom. The meetings will be at 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time. If you're not attending a church right now and are interested, or know of anyone who may be interested in learning how to start a house church, simply email hcinfo at solidlives.com or Click the link on the description of this podcast to receive the Zoom link details. Again, that's hcinfo at solidlives.com. Okay, now let me welcome you to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Deerman, where we read and talk through a chapter of the New Testament every day. I'm glad you're here because reading God's Word daily will change your life. I'd appreciate it if you'd help others find this resource by sharing the link. And now... Let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. 1 John chapter 3, and here's what it says. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Let me just stop. This verse right here, it's it's a pretty well-known verse, but let me just unpack it a little bit. John, who walked with Jesus, who Uh, is the one that in his gospel, he would say, the disciple that Jesus loved. John felt so loved by the Lord Jesus. But John here is talking now about the love of the Father. And notice he says this, behold. Now, the word behold means see this, see it this way. He said, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Now, we know that we're creations of God. But John said, do you realize what love the Father would have on us and to bestow on us, that he would want to call us his children? Wait a minute. He's eternal. He is divine. He is all-powerful, almighty, all-wise. He has lived forever, eternity past, and will live forever, eternity future. And we're just created beings that have only been here for a short period of time. And John's saying, look at this. Do you realize what, what kind of love Father God has bestowed on us, that we would be called the children of the very God? We are his offspring. We are part of his family. He looks at us as his children, his kids. See, he's saying, do you realize this? Are you catching this? Oh, what an amazing, extraordinary privilege it is to be called children of God himself, part of his very family. Talk about having it, as we used to say in the 70s, made in the shade. I mean, we're children of God. Behold what manner of love. So John is saying that happened because of love. Not because we earned it, not because we really were in God's family. No, but because of love, he brought us into his family through, of course, salvation through Jesus. So he goes on in verse one to say, therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. And so he's saying the world doesn't know God. And so the world, therefore, doesn't realize who we are. So the world will say, oh, yeah, those Christians, they believe this and they believe that. He said, they don't know who we are. They don't understand us. They don't realize that we are really family with creator, the creator God. He said, they don't know us. They don't get it. Okay, verse two, beloved, now we are children of God right now. We're not going to be at the end of the age. If you're born again, you're a child of God now, beloved. Now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be but when but we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is We're going to be just like Jesus. We're going to receive a glorified body like Jesus now has. After he was raised from the dead, he received a glorified body. In other words, with this body, he can be on earth. He can be in heaven. He can just show up when the doors and windows are all closed and locked. And he just, bam, there he is, like he did in several appearances after he was raised from the dead. John said, oh, when we see him, we're going to be like him. We're going to be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We're going to be able to see him as he really is now. Uh, Verse 8, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. John said, look, everybody that has this hope that we're going to be like him, that we're going to uh, have glorified bodies, we're going to be changed and, and be in the same state that he is now. Now, born again, spiritually, we're in that same state. But the rest of our being, the rest of our person, our bodies, our minds, our emotions, everything, they need to catch up with where Jesus is. He said, and everybody who has this hope purifies himself. See, John is still addressing the sin issue and saying, look, if you're really going to be with him, John's saying, I walked with him. You have to live right. You cannot be around this person. He's so pure and he's so right. And if you have this hope that you're going to be with him and like him, then you need to purify yourself and walk right with him. Verse four, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. So what is lawlessness? Well, you act as if there are no laws. So John is addressing and saying, look, if you're saying you're a believer, and you're walking still in sin and allowing it to continue to persist in your life, you're walking in lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. In other words, you're you're acting like there is no law against it. Somebody said, well, I thought we're not under the law anymore. We're not under the law anymore for righteousness. We're not under the law for righteousness, but that doesn't mean that these commandments in the Bible, Old and New Testament, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, Uh, uh, do not put any other God before God. Yes, we need to be obedient to God. We're saved by grace, but that grace has lifted us up by God's complete mercy and goodness. That grace has lifted us up and forgiven us from our sins. So now we should be walking the way God wants us to walk because we've been delivered from sin. So we shouldn't go back to sinning. Verse 5, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. So Jesus was manifested to get rid of the sins in our lives, not to just forgive us so that we could continue to sin. This is not just John. This is all of the New Testament authors that talk this way and have this point of view. Verse 6, whoever abides in him does not sin. Boy, just think of that statement. Whoever abides in him, in Jesus, does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. John's saying, let me just tell you how it is. If, you, if you're going on with sin in your life, no, you've, you, you've never seen him. You don't know him. <laughs> Verse 7, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, the Lord, is righteous. Verse 8, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Notice, if you're you're sinning, if you're walking in sin, he said you're of the devil. Now, see, a lot of people don't realize that they are, but they need to read the Bible and find out, look, if you're allowing sin in your life, then... You're of of the devil because that's what the devil does. Listen to what he says. He says, he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So if Jesus is your Savior, you have to understand that Jesus came to this earth to eradicate the works of the devil, including sin. So if he's your Savior, let him save you from sin. Not just forgive you, but let him pull you out from the lifestyle where you're allowing sin to continue. Verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin, but his God's seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's been born of God. That's a strong statement. Whoever's been born of God doesn't sin, for God's seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's been born of God. Let me tell you what I believe this is saying. This is talking about the spirit of a person, the spirit. When you make Jesus Lord, your body doesn't instantly change your mind, your emotions, your will doesn't instantly change your soul. See, no, but your spirit is born again, born again. And whoever is born of God does not sin for God's seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he's been born of God. Now, John's, of course, talking in this passage about us not sinning as a whole person. But this part that says he cannot sin. Well, you as a believer can sin. In fact, chapter one says, uh, John says, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. But if you confess your sin, God will forgive you. Okay, so John has acknowledged already in the book that we should acknowledge as believers that we have and do sin. Okay, so for this to say you cannot sin if you've been born of God, well, this can't just be talking about you as a whole person. But I believe this is talking about your spirit. Your spirit is the part of you that's born again, that became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that born again part of you doesn't sin, cannot sin, doesn't want to sin, because that's the part of you that's born again. So it goes on in verse 10, in this The children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. He's saying, here's how you can tell the difference between the children of God and the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. So he's saying, very simply, if people are not walking in obedience to God, well, they're not of God. If they're not walking in love with their brothers, they're not of God either. See, so he's saying here are two character traits of to tell believers from unbelievers. Verse 11, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. So notice, John has elevated walking in love with other people, and particularly the body of Christ, up to the level of and equal to walking in obedience to the rest of the commandments of God. In other words, love is not just an option. No, love is a commandment of the Lord. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. Verse 12, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. So Cain was jealous of Abel, who was living right before the Lord, and he ended up murdering him. Verse 13, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Think about that statement. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. John is saying, look, the love of God that is in our hearts toward other people, even people that annoy us or irritate us, he's saying that love is the evidence that we've passed from death to life, that you're born again. Why? Because only born again people can love in a certain way. He goes on to say, he who does not love his brother abides in death. Oh, that's strong. He who does not love his brother abides in death. You're living in death. Verse 15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer, And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. I think some people would say, I hate him or I hate her. And they don't really mean that. But they're just so used to to being flippant with their words that they're sort of speaking over the top. But in some cases, I think people can allow a deep hurt and, and anger with somebody and a hatred. And John is saying, look, that's not acceptable. That is not acceptable. If you're with the Lord, then we cannot be hating brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Verse 16, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. By this we know love. You want to know what love looks like? He laid down his life for us. Well, we say we love other people, but are we willing to lay our lives down for them like Jesus did for us? And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And we also ought to lay our lives down for the brethren. So Jesus was an example to us. It goes on to say, but, verse 17, whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So if you see somebody that is in need, and you've got the resources to help them, but you won't even help them. And John is saying, So how does the love of God abide in you if you're living like that? So you can tell by John's, uh, by his rhetoric, by his speech, that when he was walking with Jesus, Jesus was a man of love. And the apostles ever since have been people of love. So he's surprised that there would be people that say they believe and say they're uh, walking in fellowship and such, and yet they're shutting their heart up to people who have a need Verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but indeed and in truth. Don't just love in your talk. No, actually love people, actually help them, actually bless them. Verse 19, and by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. This is how we'll know that we're of the truth, and this is how we'll assure our hearts before Him. Verse 20, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. And so sometimes you can feel condemned in your heart, but you've confessed your sins, you've done everything right, and we have to know, look, Don't go by your emotion. Don't go by what you think or feel. If you've confessed, if you're walking in love, then you got to have faith that God is greater than your heart and God is greater than your emotions. So God is not going to be limited to treating you like your emotions feel about yourself. Verse 22 or verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And this is what the Lord wants. The Lord does not want us to walk in this condemnation of the heart, but He wants to cleanse us from that. Verse 22 And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. So you can tell that John was convinced. And of course, this is the Holy Spirit inspiring him to say it. John was convinced that obedience puts you in a position to receive answers to your prayers. Listen again. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we obey his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Verse 23. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another as he gave us commandment. So we need to believe on the name of the, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we need to love one another. Those are two big commandments. Sounds like love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The two commandments that Jesus said, on which all the law and the prophets hang. Verse 24, Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. So he who keeps he- he who keeps God's commandments abide in God, and God abides in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. I remember Paul said in the eighth chapter of Romans, he said, the Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we're children of God. And John says the, th- the same thing. By this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given Uh, us. What a great little chapter. I look forward to chapter four tomorrow.
1: Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Deerman, And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com slash give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple-making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Deerman.